Hey everybody, happy Wednesday. I am your host, Mr. Adam X, and you're listening to the Pursuit Podcast on the Auto Collective. Uh, what's going on in my life? I'm building a van. For anyone who doesn't know, follow at Mr. Adam X. I'm building a Mercedes Sprinter. I am about 15 days in and I'm about 75% complete. So that's exciting for me. So uh, the idea is to be able to have guests in the van and do podcasts from the road. So hopefully that works out. I think it's dialed. The other thing I did this week is I put out hot takes on Instagram. If anyone had any hot takes on the industry. And the feedback was interesting. I got everything from uh, telemark skiing is the roller hockey of, of skiing. And I got some real serious answers too, like, you know, about the mega passes and skiing affordable and how it's not sustainable the way it is. And other people said, you know, ski gear is affordable. People just want nice things. So I don't know. I think I might do some hot takes on my upcoming episodes. Uh, just how I feel at that time about something specific have to give a huge shout out to my sponsor this week, Colorado Ski Shop. It's a destination shop with everything you need for ski, bike, and snowboard. Shopping for your loved one this holiday season couldn't be any easier with a huge selection, convenient online shopping, and in-store pros to help you get what you need. Visit coloradoskioutlet.com and use code THEPURSUIT to save 10% off your purchase now. We'll do that one more time for everybody in the back. ColoradoSkiOutlet.com. Use code THEPURSUIT to save 10%. And now to my guest, Tristan Martin Prenny. Prenny? Prenny? Probably Prenny. I'm just a bad listener. I know he says it in the episode. So uh, first off, it's at Tristan MP. So follow him on social media. I found him on social media, just a dude who's kind of ripping, kind of under the radar a little bit. Uh, and then the more I learned about him, the more it was just a fantastic conversation. Uh, he is the owner of Cam Camps BC, owner-operator, and I thought it was a really fun slogan. It's kind of the, the concept of learning how to film, but also how to be filmed, which I don't think we talk about much as skiers or athletes like it's really easy to perform but to perform on camera whatever so Tristan and I talk about that it kind of I think starts off a little doom and gloom I don't know if both of us were in a world is ending mood but by the end we were talking how we just want to make the world a better place for everybody so I'll keep the intro you know I always say that but uh here it is Episode 35, 36, 37, whatever, who cares? No one knows what episode it is. Uh, your episode this week with Tristan. Um, yeah, my name's Tristan Martin Pernet, and I was born and raised in Nelson, BC. I, uh, I was lucky enough to be introduced to skiing by my parents at a super young age, which is like, I don't know, it's a huge privilege for sure. And I don't, I don't know, I definitely connected with it when I was a little kid, but it took a while for me to decide, I guess, that I was in love with skiing and wanted to devote a lot of time and energy to it. And that kind of progressed from just wanting to be good at it to wanting 
to like share that experience with others and encourage young kids to pursue that if they felt any anything similar um in terms of like a a passion for skiing because i felt like when i was a kid um my parents didn't have a lot of money we weren't like poor by any means but they they couldn't afford like special programs where i'd be part of a freestyle team or anything like that which was good and bad because i think it forced me to develop my own style um versus being part of a freestyle team i noticed that these days it's like all the kids that are on the freestyle teams they all kind of ski the same which is like i don't know good in a competition perspective um you want to be like par with everyone else and be able to hold up to everyone else's skiing but if i it's rare but if i'm watching a free ride competition i definitely notice the guys that are guys or girls that are displaying like unique style and trying stuff that's out of the ordinary it's like damn that's way cooler than just like the straight air safety grab yeah and i think at least for me that was the appeal of skiing like i grew up playing team sports i didn't grow up skiing i didn't put like i didn't i mean i started on a snowboard at like 16 and then started skiing at 18 and i was like this is my life i'm in i've devoted my entire life not devoted but like i'm it consumes me everything i do is skiing i still call it snowboarding too but my favorite thing about skiing or snowboarding or sliding down snow in general was that there was no rules. Like yeah. basketball practice, there were rules. You like do this, you do this, you do this. And I didn't even know that existed in skiing. So when you talk about like these academies and free skier academies or free ski academies, it seems so bizarre to me because it's like skiing at its simplest form can be art. And like how that skier slides down the mountain or hits a rail or hits a jump is like their form of art, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, a, it's like a paradox sort of, or like a, an oxymoron, I guess, with the whole free ski competition culture, like nothing against it. It's sweet seeing kids shred hard and devote themselves to something, but it's just a shame how, yeah, like the the artistic side and the creative side is like, put in the background a little bit i'm not saying that about all coaches can't do a blanket statement like that but you definitely notice it if you're looking how do you think we change that like do you change the judging i mean we're not getting like this isn't an end all cure all here but like do we judge events based on actual like style or do we just judge them like continue to judge them based on like gymnastics ratings which is basically where we're at at this point like a 1440 is insane but doesn't necessarily look any cooler than like a i don't know a zero spin yeah (laughs) nothing will ever beat a zero spin yeah no that's a good question i was just kind of talking to this about or talking about this with my buddy kerr um it's yeah it's like there definitely needs to be a change i don't think it like free the 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 format needs to disappear or anything like that. It's just like maybe open it up by, yeah, it's it's tricky. Like there, I don't know if there's enough money in the industry to do that, but have a full on separate competition where that is just like, that's the point of it is to be, I don't know, like Red Bull, Red Bull cold rush was kind of like getting there, but it's only for the tip top athletes that have crazy sponsors and 
shit. So yeah, it'd be cool to see that open up in like a, a more approachable or like, yeah, available format. Yeah, it's a tricky, there is no answer, obviously, but it's a tricky, even for the coaches, like they're coaching to win. They're not coaching for style points. Or like, fun, yeah. It's, like, not, it's, it's their job, and their job is to get results, and they're only going to get paid if they continue to get results. So you coach for the, it's a weird, it is a weird, uh, I think you called it a paradox. Like it's just, you know, and I, I think we, we cover a lot of that. Like we like, I don't know, we call it progression, right? That's all progression. And it's prog- but it's just like a bogus word that just like makes things more lame <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I, I was just thinking of an analogy. So like fitness as a comparison to skiing. So some people take it to the extreme and they go to a gym or something and they're just focused on results. Whereas other people will incorporate like an enjoyability aspect where they go biking, running, climbing, like whatever it is, as long as they're out doing something active and having fun, then it's easy to do. And it's just just like a personality type difference. I don't know. It's like what, what makes people tick, right? Yeah. Well, we don't have enough time to ever answer that. (laughs) So did you, did you, you didn't grow up in like a freestyle school or anything academy did you grow up competing no i think i've done i've been in two different competitions and they've both been at whitewater well it's technically it's the same comp but two different years i think it was called organic slope style comp or something like that it's kind of a goofy name but it's hard to name things um (laughs) i it, that that was a good format though it was like two it's this little zone in white water up on a ridge i think it's it's powder keg upper powder keg or maybe some people call it blasters ridge um anyways there's like 300 400 feet of run and there's cliffs at the top and not really much at the bottom so it's really like a one-hit wonder kind of thing um and that was cool everybody was like thrown down trying cool stuff there's lots of good bales um yeah i like that format that was good but yeah no i didn't grow up competing whatsoever it was all just like my parents would take me up on the weekends until i was at age whatever 12 or 13 i started going up on my own or with friends and kind of actually no i should tell a little story so up until i was seven or eight i was downhill skiing and then my parents didn't want to get a pass for say like three couple years and they got me into cross-country skiing and I didn't really have any objection I was just like yeah I'll do what my parents say I didn't necessarily miss (laughs) skiing um as opposed to cross-country skiing so I did that for a few years and then I switched schools I went from a public school to Waldorf school and I met a good buddy there uh, his name is Miles. He lives in Australia now, so I haven't ridden with him for quite a while. But he had a skateboarding background, so I feel like the kind of the vibe at a skate park is super like it's all it's a huge jam. Everyone's just there having fun and like learning from each other and getting stoked from each other. So he brought that to my relationship with skiing, 
and he was way better than me. So I'd have to try to keep up with him. And that's the best way to learn is to try to keep up with someone that's better than you. And just like watching him ride and the ideas that he had is super inspirational and like changed my view on skiing. And that's when it started clicking. Like I was like, damn, like this is super fun. And that <laughs> developed or uh, progressed to like at the end of high school, I, I don't know, just after learning about how messed up the world is and how little there really is that we can do to change it. And I'm not just saying that as a pessimist, but I, I literally took environmental studies at uh, Langara College in Vancouver. And one of the profs there, like first day of class was like slow clapping us. Like it's, it's great. You guys are taking these courses, but I want you to know that it's a long shot to be able to change anything with the way the world's going. Like basically saying there's very little hope to change because like there's so much corruption and everyone who has power or has all the money is like super corrupt. And it's just like, anyways, I won't get too far into that. <laughs> but with, with that said, it was like, fuck, like, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want, I don't feel like devoting my life to trying to change something that most likely can't be changed. So I'm, gonna ski instead of that and have as much fun as I can and like you only live once yellow <laughs> kids are saying these days and I don't know it just made a lot more sense than like trying to get a a regular job and yeah skiing's dope <laughs> yeah I mean to play a little devil's advocate here I I, I do agree with you to an extent but we still have this platform, whether it be this or Instagram or Facebook or Meta or whatever we're calling these fake worlds now or Twitter. And, you know, I, it's hard to change the world for sure. But I think we can change a couple people around us, even if it's just like as simple as you say, like getting a couple friends to go skiing. And if that changes them and their mental health, then you're you're creating more change than you know. And like you have close to 11,000 followers on Instagram and like your, your Instagram is nothing but the skate park vibes. It's, it's the hype. It's the, so like that might change someone's day and maybe you're not changing, you know, climate change. Like you're not like out picketing, but you just sharing your lifestyle has more impact on people than I think you understand or like having this conversation with me so I don't know. I'm not, don't sell yourself short. Like, yeah, the world's going to end and it's going to be a sad ending. And, you know, we don't have to dig too deep into that. But I think you finding something like skiing and sharing it with other people might just help that other kid who walks into that same college class with the same professor <laughs> go out and go skiing. And that's the change in his life that, or her life that they needed. Yeah. Totally. It's, it can totally be a, like a, a vector for change in terms of like getting, getting the idea out there that there's so much like beauty and wonder to experience. I got trying not to sound so too cheesy here, but it's like, yeah, the world we live in is like fucking gorgeous. And skiing is one of the best ways, in my opinion, to be able to appreciate that and to like put yourself in those areas where you're just like blown away by like the sky the clouds the mountains 
everything it's just like there's those moments where you're just like holy shit like we're so lucky to even be alive and like one thing kind of sidetrack here um i'll probably sound like a bit of a nut but just the fact that like when water i don't know with the the whole hydrological cycle it's like this a small or great miracle that snow even exists if you i don't know if you like think about it it's like pretty pretty crazy how it's like it freezes at the perfect size and then turns into this like in terms of powder it's like freezes the perfect size and then slowly falls down and doesn't get disrupted by anything and like these soft layers just stack up and then we get to just like blow through it and enjoy it it's yeah cool i don't think that sounds nerdy i think it sounds real and i think talking about it makes it like i just got chills when you talked about it like it's lame but it's like it's not like it's yeah, if you know you know yeah and it's just that feeling that you're always chasing right like people do many things to chase the feeling of whatever it is that they they feel some people go to football games and they think it's the greatest feeling in the world and i can't i can't disagree more with them but i can agree with that feeling that they feel yeah. and for me it's that it's it's you know waking up early and putting all your gear on and you know the old be bold star cold and like walking up a mountain just to get those hopefully i mean i'm on the east coast covered in trees and everything else so like we're hiking for like six good turns like that's our hope is to get and you just chase that forever and it's the greatest thing in the world and i hope i can chase it forever and i hope that feeling never changes yeah i don't think it ever will if you're like if I don't know how old you are. How old are you? I'm 35 years old. All right. I'm, I'm 30. So yeah, at this point in your life, my life, it's like, if this is the way we feel now, then it's pretty, pretty unlikely it's going to change in my opinion. Yeah. I have to agree with that. I thought it would be a phase, but it was not. (laughs) It's yeah, it's wild. And it's, it's fascinating. I want to talk. You are you use cast touring, right? I don't know if you're sponsored by them, but you are a proponent of cast touring bindings. Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> no, in its simplest form, like I just don't and, and this is just me being me, but like I don't see the appeal. And I don't mean okay. that in a jerk way. I mean it in like you use them, you're an expert on them explain them to me and the why yeah for sure i uh start off by saying i've never tried a proper pin setup um like king pins or whatever i've heard good things about them and they are super light and and sounds like they're reliable on the way down and i i can't say anything to that because i've never tried them um the reason why i like casts so the touring bindings I had before were marker barons and dukes and they're just like huge and clunky and start not working after a season and you're like way higher up off of your ski so turning and like just it's like getting used to a whole new way of skiing almost once when, when you're using those bindings so when I heard about cast um I was pretty excited because the low profile like you are yeah you're you're basically just riding you're riding down on alpine bindings on the way down um on the way up 
for me compared to the barons they felt a lot lighter <laughs> and i and that same time I, I first tried my casts i had proper touring boots like the del bello lupos um the factories that so they're like partly carbon fiber they're super light so that could have played into it a lot but i was super happy with the performance of casts there was a couple little like I don't know, the first few times doing the changeover was a little finicky, but you get used to the routine and it works like a hot damn. But uh, I, I was trying to recommend them to someone recently and they said just like straight up, no, not an option for me because they're too heavy. So if you're going and it like too heavy as in you still have the heel piece on the back on your way up and you're carrying the toe piece in your backpack. So yeah, if you're going for like crazy long, traverses or tours it's not ideal it's not probably not the best option but i think they're designed for people that just want like pretty good to excellent um capabilities and lightness on the way up and then like 100 reliability and performance on the way down yeah there's zero i mean you're running your they do they all run pivots they all run pivots right that's like the platform it's made for but you're yeah. you're running arguably the best binding on the market for your down for somewhere that's not lift access 99 percent of the time that's like the yeah. the draw yeah so Is if it, you're like doing cliffs throwing spins off hits and stuff like that's i don't know you kind of need it you want to be able to trust your bindings and and the whole like saving your knees thing with the swivel heel piece on the pivots that's pretty huge i uh knock on wood i have not blown a knee probably shouldn't have said that yeah never say knock it. on wood <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i don't i don't attribute that fully to pivot bindings but there's definitely been a few times where i've been like damn i'm pretty lucky i had those because otherwise i'd be wrecked right now so how did you get found how does any brand any company know about tristan the skier Squeaky wheel. Squeaky wheel. What is squeaky wheel? You don't know that saying? I do, but. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I uh, I don't know. I just put my name out there. I'd send emails and talk to my local shop, Sacred Ride. When I first kind of got inspired or thought about trying to get some free shit, uh, and be able to rep brands. That's that's an important part of it too. <laughs> uh, it was like 2014, I guess. Um, I I was in digital arts school and for my capstone project, like my big kind of year end project, I wanted to do a ski film. Didn't end up finishing it that year, but my professors were chill and let me just submit the trailer and I got a pretty good mark. But anyways, it was like, people were just like, I was kind of trying to get into the filming side of things. But then people were asking me like, what, like, why are you trying to do the filming side? Like you, you should try to be a, like a, a skier kind of thing. Cause I got, they're giving me props for my, whatever, my skiing abilities and stuff like that. And I'd never really thought about it. Like thought of myself as a potential, I'm, I'm not pro, but I never had never thought about myself as a potential pro skier, or like ad, adequate skier to be um, receiving support from companies so that was like super flattering and it was like yeah why not try i can't hurt trying so talked to some people at like at companies and at my local store and they were down so 
started started there. Simple as that. Just put your name out there and you were sponsored. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess a big part of it is your personality and like what you're wanting to do and like the message you're conveying. So like what I heard a lot of times is that they're they like say I won't won't name any names, but is I think it was mostly the shop in town that was like pretty pretty stoked on me at first because they they said like they get they get approached quite often, but it's always going back to the comp thing it was always comp jocks that were like super full of themselves and basically demanding that they receive free stuff whereas i was like yeah like i'll do all these videos for you and like post or tag you all the time and all this stuff and like all i want is like 25 percent off and then they're like no like here's some free stuff we're gonna hook you up and i was like holy shit like that's awesome i didn't like i wasn't expecting that so yeah a big part of it's like personality and what you're wanting to put out there and you got to come across as humble like if if you come in with any sort of entitlement or arrogance like it's such a turn such a turn off for people that are in the position to be able to support you yeah and i, I laugh that you keep calling it free because it's not free like it's it's you and your free time filming to help promote these brands and like putting together an edit and like you know maybe if you weren't getting quote unquote free stuff you wouldn't hit that jump again or hit that rail again or hit that cliff again to perfect it for film. And really what that film is doing is promoting those brands. So like there's a ton of work that goes into that. I just like to make that for anyone listening. And I said it a lot on my other shows, but like this isn't free. It sounds free and it's cool, but there's a lot of work. Whether or not you consider it work is totally different because you enjoy it and you love it. But it's just not, it's a lot of work. And I think that should be stated. Yeah, I definitely don't sell yourself short and, and all the time and energy that you're putting into this activity or productions or whatever it is. Uh, it's yeah. It's like, there's a post you made recently that kind of said that, like, I forget exactly what the wording was, but it was basically saying like, there's, there's enough money in the industry that people should get paid for their work. And you're kind of like done with, the offering stuff up for free kind of stuff and that resonated with me for sure because there's been I don't know there's been a few times in my skiing slash filming career I guess I've never made any money off skiing but anyways yeah it's like people they'll, they'll try to use you and they'll try to get as much out of you as they can before you kind of clue in and figure it out and it's like you got to be on it and I don't know, stand up for yourself for sure. Yeah, it's a huge gain in knowing your worth. Yeah. And it's hard when there's plenty of other, you know, kids, we'll call them kids, that are willing to replace you, right? Like there, there's a kid who will hit that rail or who will take that risk or drop that cliff or whatever. And you're there in the position that you, you want to do it, but you also need to be compensated for it. And you filmed with, you have filmed with companies correct yeah um i like first time first experience with with a bigger company i didn't do any filming but i was i was on on set for the imagination production that was done in nelson with tom walsh and it was sherpa cinemas that did it and i got hit up by i think it was 
Clay Mitchell, and he was asking me if, if I was, like, around or whatever, because I guess they needed help digging. So uh, the first day that I did work for them, um, it was, like, way up. Okay, our, our little town in Nelson is pretty much, like, on a mountain. So at the top of the town, it's, like, pretty steep, and there's houses up there, and that's kind of where they did that segment where he – went up on a roof and did a hand drag off and then went into like this sweet line where he's gapping over like a snow plow or something like that. But anyway, so they, they had to like pile, like basically bury people's entrances to their house in snow to accommodate Tom's vision, which is sick, but the cleanup was necessary and they didn't want to kind of piss anybody off. So there's a lot of work to be done. So the first day I was working for them, I was just like clearing out this dude's walkway for, I don't know, quite a few hours. And then that was a lot of digging. I hurt, but the next day we were set up at, at a, at a school in town and they encouraged me to like build my own feature and, and be a skier. Cause they wanted to do that. It was the closing shot where there's like a bunch of stuff going on and the drone shot kind of like pulls out and there's a bunch of different people skiing and stuff. And, if you rewatch it, I'm, it's kind of hard to pick me up, but I'm like in the background sort of on the left and I jump over a fence and that hit was like pretty damn scary. And they, they were smart. They told me like, I, I wanted to wall ride, like gap over the fence and then wall ride landing, like wall ride tranny. And they were like, Oh, like maybe you should just straight air it and like <laughs> land kind of like heavy on the landing, just so you know that you can do it every time because they didn't want to have to do too many takes or like there's a lot of coordination involved and I was like yeah yeah okay cool yeah that's a good idea and and then sure enough like the one shot where everyone did their stunt perfectly I like clipped the building a little bit and got thrown off and then I didn't bail too hard but I was like out of control on the landing and then kind of like half smashed into the building and I still have the base layer to this day I still wear it but there's like a whole in the shoulder where I smash into the building. So I talked to um, one of the dudes filming, what's his name? Can't think of it. I can't, I can't believe I can't remember his name. But anyways, he, I like asked him after he was like, do you know if I ruined that clip? And he's like, yeah, you did. We're going to have to do some posts on that one. It's like, shit, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's your claim to fame at least right you got to have something yeah totally I, I, yeah for sure i was in the imagination clip that was that was sick dude they did such a good job on that that was awesome yeah it's still a masterpiece yeah and props to tom like you can't i don't know the the yeah dude so much work went into that shit and he was he was working super hard himself. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a vision, and I think it was important to him, and he was at a level, and still is, that he could, you know, kind of enforce that vision. Like, he had enough budget and friends and, you know, people who wanted to be involved to make that work. Because that doesn't happen unless you're Tom Walsh. Like, unless you're at that top-tier level of being like, no, this is it. We're going to... We're gonna put snow on people's front porches and, and we're going to, you know, disrupt them for a couple hours, but it's going to be this masterpiece. And it was. So hearing the behind the scenes just makes it even funnier more than anything. But 
So what happens after that? You do imagination. Do you is the phone ringing off the hook to film more? What's happening? Uh, no, no, hell no. I didn't, <laughs> didn't. That didn't blow me up at all. Uh, you can barely tell it's me in the clip. That's all good. I was I was honored to help out with that one. Um, no, most of my filming work came from working with Trace Cook. We we did a few like web series, and then the last project we did like two years ago was like a 15 minute film rising from my roots it was super awesome working with him i felt like we worked really well together and i don't know we've just been working together for a while and parted ways just sort of doing our own thing right now we still ski once in a while it's all good um but funny story so with that with that project um near the end of the year i believe it was in march so MSP was coming to town to do some filming with Cooch and Trace got invited to go with them for a day at Whitewater and he invited me to come along as well to be his filmer to get some extra shots and so initially the deal was that we were gonna just trade shots um, with MSP so I was gonna give okay so for my understanding it was trading shots of Trace and not necessarily Carl or Cooch. <laughs> um, but what ended up happening is like first hit, which Trace stomped, he, he ended up hurting his knee and then went home. Like he, he wasn't able to ski the rest of the day. And I was like, shit, like, what do I do? Um, I don't want to like charge Trace for a whole day of skiing or filming when he's, he only got like the one clip. So I, I stayed on, I stayed on filming with MSP and was like hanging out with Carl and Cooch and Scott. And we were kind of like going around Whitewater, getting clips and stuff. And I had my drone. So I got a few drones, clips and stuff. The favorite, actually my favorite clip I got that day was of Carl smashing a tree branch. And that was in the trailer for Return to Sender and it made it into the movie too. Um, is that one the one where it like explodes yeah okay yeah and at the, the top or uh, like right, right before we got that clip i was like we we're kind of planning it out like which direction i was gonna go or like which side of him i should be on and stuff like that and i was like oh shit like this is my first time like filming like a mega pro like, i don't want to fuck this up and carl just like gave me a pat on the shoulder he's like don't worry about it dude you got it and then i nailed it and it was sweet like yeah that, that was cool. That was a good, that was a good experience. I love Carl, man. He's a good dude. Um, but yeah, the whole point of this story <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> I guess there's a, there's a few details I have to include, but on, on the ride down after that sweet day of getting lots of shots, I was told that I would be compensated if any of my clips would get into the movie and that was unexpected I I thought we were just doing the trade but it was kind of it was a little awkward because I only did the like, like Trace was only with us for that one first hit in the morning so the rest of the clips that I got were of Carl and Sam so a few months go by the trailer comes out and a few of my clips are in it which is sick like i'm stoked that 
a couple of my clips got into an MSP film. And so I reached out to one of the dudes at MSP. I was like, hey, sick, like I just saw the trailer. A couple of my clips are in it. Like, how much do you think I'm going to get paid? And they're like, ooh, about that. We don't have budget to pay you. I was like, what? Like, why didn't you tell me that before the trailer release? Then I could have made the call whether to hook you up or not. Um, like, this is kind of awkward. And then they're saying, like, no, nah, it was all sorted out beforehand because we were just trading clips, like, between your movie and our movie. And I was like, yeah, but that was only for Trace, like, not, you know, not the other riders. So it just, it got, it was a little bitter, like, a little, a little odd for sure. And I think, I don't know, part of me feels like maybe I should have just kept my mouth shut, but I'm pretty, like, I'm French, I'm stubborn, I'm proud. So I voiced my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was a little upsetting, but those big guys, like, they'll, yeah, they'll walk all over you if they can. And if you don't stand up for yourself, then that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I think it's good to, I mean, it sucks. It's horrible, but it's good to hear and it's good to talk about. Like, we're not bashing them, but it happened. Whether it was a misunderstanding or not, it happened. And it's clearly a bigger brand that could have thrown you a couple bucks and you would have been stoked who took advantage of a situation. So that's, uh, and it was a banger shot. Like you said what it was and I knew exactly what it was. And we didn't like talk about this before. And I didn't even know you filmed that shot. So, you know, it, it does suck. And I think it's okay to talk about it and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean everyone should go shun them. It's just an experience that happened and hopefully you learned from it and can, you know, that's what contracts are for. <laughs> it's it sucks, but it's part of it. And it's you know, I don't I don't think we're bashing. I don't I don't I didn't feel like you telling that story was you bashing them either. So No, yeah. yeah. It's it's just business. Like I have a lot of respect for that production company. Like they make amazing films and they they're good people. Like it's just, you know, it's the world is a I don't know. I don't, I don't blame it up on the world being messed up, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. People live. It's the live and learn. It'll only, that's the only time that'll ever happen to you. Cause now you'll have things in place and contracts and a clear understanding of what's happening next. And maybe hopefully someone's listening and they're like, Oh shit, I'm going to send, I'm going to send Tristan a check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe nice, but... just maybe. <laughs> Or, uh, or no, not a check, but a free seat on a heli trip. That'd be pretty sick, too. See, back to trading. We didn't learn anything. Now we're trading again. You can't put yeah. a heli trip in your gas tank, dude. You cannot do it. I've tried. I can't put free <laughs> socks in my gas tank. I can't put a free hat in my gas tank. I need dollars. I don't care if they're Canadian, if they're American. I'm fine. Just give me dollars. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all good though. I'm taking over my dad's chimney sweeping company, so I, I would appreciate a heli trip a lot more than <laughs> a couple grand. What is Cam Camp? Do you still do Cam Camp? Uh, yeah. So it's Cam Camps. <laughs> uh, Cam, I don't know. Cam Camp would work too, but it's Cam Camps. Cam That's Camps. I apologize. Camp. I looked it up, but. No, no, I'll put an all S good. on my thing here. It's cam camps. I so it, from what I gather, it's 
you teach kids how to film, but what I thought was important in the statement, it's how to film and be filmed, which, yeah, which is, sure. which is important, I think, because shooting for a camera or riding for a camera is totally different than just riding. Yeah, dude, it's, it's a team effort. Like, okay, fly off first, first off. Yeah. Cam camps is an idea I had to try to move away from like, not the cookie cutter, but like the standard film route, I suppose. Like if, if you're wanting to become a filmer in terms of skiing, you gotta like build up your portfolio, start working for a big company or start your own company and then develop all these relationships and source funding and stuff like that. Or you got loaded parents and they buy a hundred thousand dollar camera and you're good to go. <laughs> but that wasn't my case. And I was kind of sick of how the industry runs i suppose it's just like it's a lot of bullshit it's a lot of like asking for more than you want so you can get what you want and there's no like real honesty it's like there's all this deception and it's just weird how everything goes so i guess the other part of it too is like working with working with pros like i did not have this experience with trace whatsoever he was super humble and easy to work with i gotta say that um, but a few other people that I worked with, it was just like, it was sickening, like how arrogant they were and just like hard to deal with. And they just expected way too much and stuff like that. So I was like, fuck this. Like, it's not even worth trying to get into this career path. So the idea of camp camps is just to kind of like do the complete opposite. And like, at first I was offering them for free just to get the word out and to like test the business model, I suppose um and yeah it's so much more fun and easy to work with kids dude they're like they're stoked all the time especially okay, I, I gotta relate this to like say some people don't like kids um and I totally get that like if you're in a certain setting like at somebody's house and they're annoying you and trying to like get your attention and stuff it it sucks yeah kids can be annoying but in this setting like when we're on the mountain at the top of a run and they're all just like total like they're listening to me because they respect me as a skier i guess is part of it but they're like super attentive and they listen to what i say most of the time and they have so much fun and it's like they're not trying to be annoying or anything they're trying to like learn the stuff that i'm teaching them and they're i don't know they're super like thankful at the end of the day they they all thank me and like, they're kind of like shy and like come up. They're like, Oh man, that was really fun. Like, I hope we can do it again soon. Kind of thing. It's like, yeah, dude, like you guys killed it. I'd love to do this like tomorrow if, if possible, but I got to work tomorrow. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that, I don't know. It went really well. I had really positive feedback from the first few that I ran for free. And it was really encouraging. The biggest kind of roadblock I ran into was, uh, dealing with like insurance and mountains and stuff like that is like to do one camp like a one-day camp it was going to cost me like 300 bucks in insurance and then i don't know it, it was just crazy like and the other part of it was uh like mountains kind of seeing it as a competitive business to their programs which was weird it was like like i'm just i don't know 
I didn't, I didn't fully understand it. I tried to like see it from their perspective. Like I was, was it possible that I was stealing their business kind of thing? But I was like, no, like, I don't know. I think it's be more of an add on to what they're offering. Like in my opinion, I mean, that's the more the kids know how to film or be filmed and they're skiing at your resort that only helps the resort. Uh, and I think some resorts really get that. You know, I ran into that with photographing a lot at my local resort because I, I photograph for a living, but I don't shoot skiing for a living by any means. Like, I photograph weddings. So, like, not... So, if I'm pulling out my camera, I'm just doing it for fun. I'm not making money. I'm not... But they think they look at it as I'm working on their resort, which even if that was true... I'm only promoting your resort. I'm only like adding value to your resort for free, technically. So it's, and it sucks that the water gets muddied like that. And it's a reality and insurance is a real thing. And, you know, that's going to be the whole topic of this entire podcast is that the world is burning and we're here for it. So I think it's it's fun. It's fun to talk about, and it's true, and it's a reality because people don't think about those things. And you know, back to you talking about working with kids. What I've learned with kids, yeah, they're a pain in the ass. So are adults. One, adults suck yeah. way worse than kids. But yeah. two, kids haven't lost their willingness to learn yet. And as we become adults, you look, you can. Adults are scared to look stupid for being stupid versus kids are just like, I'm stupid. Teach me. But I th- yeah. but it's true. Like we like we come into these scenarios and it's the whole world is fake it till you make it. And it's this whole and it's like, no, I'm dumb. Teach me. And I try to have that mentality as an adult. There's something that, you know, my niece can teach me. She knows way more about. I don't know, Minecraft than I know. Do I care about Minecraft? No. But the fact that this kid who's been on the earth way less than I have knows a whole lot more about something than I do, it's that simple. There's something to learn from everybody. And if you shut your willingness to learn off, which is what we do as adults, then you're stupid. <laughs> I'll say it out loud. But I think that's what it boils down to. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or ramble, which this oh, is yeah. a ramble, but... I think that was good. That was well put. I think kids are just willing to learn and they're not they're not afraid of being stupid. And the I mean ego. stupid in a prop it is ego, but I mean stupid in like the simplest form, but like that's our fear. You don't want to walk into a place and look dumb or like, you know, don't let me look dumb when I walk in here. And it's like, no, sometimes if I walk into a I don't know, a welding shop. I'm dumb. I know nothing about welding. I can like tack, but I shouldn't say I know nothing, but like, that's okay. All I can do is learn, shut up and learn, shut up and listen. And I think there's pride in that and learning and the ability to learn. I think all adults should just shut up and listen once in a while and learn because there's plenty of shit that we can learn every day. Yeah, dude, I I totally (laughs) agree. Sorry, that was a rant, but I don't know. I just think kids are fucking cool and they're always willing to learn so uh, i want to touch on kind of your hot take actually because you're on faction correct mm-hmm. 
did you see Faction or what are they? Full Stack, Full Stack Supply Co., the company that owns Faction. Boots. Boots. Yeah. How do you feel? I am excited. I would be, I would be stoked to try them. I. But it's funny because just today, I, I like I got, I got contact or not contacted, but I I heard back from a rep at Dalbello, and they're gonna, they're gonna hook it up this year. And I've been trying to get hooked up boots for like since day one, so that was super exciting. So like I, yeah, I don't want to say I'm gonna turn my back on Dalbello, but I'll definitely want to try it out full stack supplies version of ski footwear do you think it's the hero we all need like like full tilt is getting absorbed into k2 and now like full stack's gonna come out of that and be like this is the answer that you lost last year do you know Uh, anything about them do you have any inside scoop on them nothing no you don't have to answer the new schoolers article today and i was like damn that's sick like that should be good um what my sincere hope would be is that it's like a blend of Dalbello and full tilt because they both kind of have their issues but if they took the best from both worlds then that could be a super sick product um yeah i don't know that's it's exciting yeah i don't know how i feel about it i don't need working in a ski i work in a ski shop um once the snow flies one day a week to keep my foot literally in the door. Uh, you know, from a retailer side, I'm like, do we need another boot? Do I need, <laughs> do I need to take more shelf space? Do I need more customers asking like, what's this company? I've never heard of this boot. You know, who knows what they're going to call it? Like, is it going to be, you know, the fa- the, the faction boot or the, who know? you know, we don't know, but I don't know from a like a ski kid perspective. I think it's exciting and I love new products, even if they're a Duke PT and I never want to touch it ever in my life, <laughs> but like I, it's exciting. And I, I don't know. I'm interested to, to like what, I mean, are you going to do bindings next? You know, it's always like the what's next, where do we go from here? So I, I don't know. A boot is an undertaking, like making yeah. boots and boot molds. I don't know if you know much about like the process of it, but it's insane. No, yeah, I don't know too much about it. Just what I read today, basically. Um, yeah, I hope I hope it works out for them. I think it does seem like there's a lot that could go wrong, and they have some serious competition with the other major boot companies. But I hope they do well, and I can't promise that I'll ride them. <laughs> Because well, we can't finally hooked it up, but yeah, we can't make promises till one we see it, right? Like we can just speculate, and that's all this is—is pure speculation. And you know, we'll see what happens. I guess I'm, like I said, I'm excited as a ski nerd just for new product because that's exciting. I was sad to see full tilt go, even though it's not going. Um it's just the even just them getting rid of the logo and putting a k2 logo on it i don't care if all the boots are the same like it doesn't have that sweet spot in my heart um you know all the branding that josh and jay leventhal did and you know, josh uh, malchek to create that brand again 
you're 30 so you grew up the same way like you were in that same era like when those came back it was like what okay oh seth rides them cool oh like (laughs) and like to see that 20 year evolution of which was my ski i don't call it a career but my ski path disappear and being being like oh we're gonna put k2 on the side of it like no you're dead you're dead to me i don't care how great they are i don't care so but i've also telemarked for the last eight years so who am i i'm just a poser but oh, what <laughs> no that's sweet telemarking's telemarking's awesome so i've never actually tried it but it, like a lot of respect for your telemarkers because it looks so damn hard like your thighs must be amazingly strong yeah you it it's cool you gain a lot of power it's just like i don't know i i really enjoy it. i actually got alpine gear for the first time this year in a long time um i just think that personally the tech has changed so much that i do a lot of ski touring and i want lightweight gear for like actual missions so i'll still telemark a lot but i got like a light touring setup where like you walk for 12 miles but you only gained 1400 vertical because we're on the east coast so like those stupid missions where i just want something light where i can like get back there yeah. i gotta like because telemark doesn't have that there's springs they're they're heavy there there's a lot okay. of shit going on so but yeah my legs are jacked everyone <laughs> listening i have jacked legs no. under that <laughs> yeah exactly um who else are your sponsors fly low cast touring faction are we missing any? I always um, like to give shout outs. My optic is supporting us this year. So yeah, I guess this is a time for that. So me and my buddy Kerr are going to be making a ski film this year. We're playing around with names, titles right now. Haven't decided one on one yet, but yeah, we're really excited with the uh, response that we've been getting from sending proposals out. We weren't really I shouldn't like down downplay it, but we weren't expecting such a positive response, but we did take some time, did some thinking, did a proper proposal and that went a lot further. Yeah. That went a lot further than we expected. So anyone out there thinking of doing something like that, like take the time, start thinking about it in the spring. If you can, if you can reach out to companies in the spring, they love that because it shows initiative and that you're on the ball. And that's kind of when a lot of the companies are doing budgeting. So if you come at them in the fall, you might not get as good of a response. Um, Yeah, the budgets have been done. What's that? The budgets are already done in the fall. Yeah, yeah. Um, So talk about the film a little bit, as much as you can. You don't have a name yet. Are you filmer writer? Yeah. So we're, we're not going to hire a filmer or anything like that because I have a decent background in film and I got a lot of gear that's been kind of sitting on the shelf for the last year or two. Um, so I'm excited to get get that out again and do some more filming. But yeah, I'm, I've been teaching Kerr how to fly the drone. <laughs> um, the, the first couple of times he was like pretty nervous, like almost shaking, like, fuck, I don't want to like slam this into a tree or something. It's like a couple of grand, whatever, flying around in the air and you're controlling it. Um, but at this point he's pretty relaxed with that. It and it's cool to see, like, I went through that same experience, like first couple of flights, you're like, God damn, like this is nerve wracking. But then you get used to the controls and it's, it's man, those things are insane. Like it's 
once you get used to it, it's just like a video game and it's like super intuitive. I haven't tried any FPV stuff or anything, but I got the, the original Mavic and the Mavic 2 Pro, which are both decent. They do the job. Um, we're not like mega production company. So if there's a camera that can fly, we're pretty, pretty amped. Um, when can we yeah, expect we, the film? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about drones and how cool. I they could are. talk we're about drones forever ass. too, but I'm trying yeah. to promote your film here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll get back to it. Um, I guess the, ins the inspiration for it came from just both of us, like having a similar relationship with skiing where we've like done it from a young age and we put a lot of time and energy into it. And it's like a huge part of our lives. And it's like, why not try to, it's not even about like achieving anything. It's just about like expressing that relationship that we have with skiing and wanting to share that with other people. Um, we've been watching a few films together to try to get ideas and just kind of like establish the type of film that we want to make. Um, shout out to the boys at Carnage. Um, their films are like so good, such a good feel to them. Um, it's like, I don't know, there's, there seems to be very little ego. Like everyone's just having a good time and working together and like, yeah, it's not about getting like the most banger clip or like perfecting everything. It's about like getting out there, spending time with the people you love, doing the thing that you love and just like documenting it so you can share that with other people. It's like pretty simple, but super powerful. So we're definitely gonna incorporate that. Um, that'll be like the backbone. I think we'll try to throw in a couple curveballs, but yeah. Will this be, well, I guess you answer, I was going to ask if it will be like ski porn, but it sounds like it'll be a little bit of a mix. It won't just be pure ski porn. It'll be like some storytelling. This is why we do this. We're having fun with our friends, getting shots for our friends. Like you're encapsulating the whole storyboard. Is it going to be a full length, 10, 15 minutes, an hour, seven minutes, or we have no idea yet? Uh, yeah, it depends how things go. I think we're shooting for at least 25, 30. Um, attention spans these days aren't great, but we don't really care about that. We just want to like do our art and see what we come up with. Um, like who knows, it could be a super bad snow year and we just get kind of like skunked or whatever, but there's so much we can do even with a tiny bit of snow. Like we've already been skiing, I guess, four times. The first time was like three weeks ago, just going up to the local mountain on, on the weekend and setting up a couple tubes and sliding them. It's been fun. We, uh, like I, I put out a couple of little videos that the title is dirt Dodgers. Cause it was mostly dirt <laughs> the first couple of times. We all bled a little bit, but that's part of the yeah, game. Yeah, it's part of it. Hats off for you for still doing that. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to hit a corrugated <laughs> pipe again. Like, I'm good. I'll hit, like, I'll still hit rails and stuff, but, like, I want it nice. I don't want to bleed anymore or, like, get, 
No, I'm good. I don't want to be a dirt dodger. I want like a nice <laughs> manicured park that I can like minimally hit stuff. There's ways around it. You can wear uh, elbow pads, like knee pads and shit. It's <laughs> for me. It's like it's a lot of fun. I'm not. I'm not like huge into rails, but it's it's so good for preseason training. Like all your little stabilizer muscles in your knees. It makes like such a huge difference. As long as you don't try some dumb shit and get hurt then it's like really good preseason training. Right. Well, that's all preseason, any, anything. Everyone's skiing right now or like going for these gnarly lines. I'm like, dude, there's sharks everywhere. Like just go to like the grassy part of the mountain that you know that's like low angle yeah. and just like say we and get your Instagram post and call it. <laughs> like you don't like we know you're a skier or a snowboarder. Like great, but don't get hurt. Like what? Yeah. I mean, it's all good. Yeah, that's, that's a whole other topic that's kind of like, that's been a big part of my approach to skiing is like sustainability. And I'm, I'm 30 now. I got a kid. I got to think about like my future and her future. Her, uh, she's, she's two and a half now. Her name's Penelope. I love her to death. Um, yeah. I, it I changes. Just, like, yeah. What's that? Everything changed. Yeah, totally. That's, well, that's been that was part of the reason why I haven't touched my film gear really in the last couple of years is, uh, that's, that's another long story, but <laughs> she's, she's well loved and things are going, going good for her. So it's, it's great. I get to see her every once in a while. Um, fuck. <laughs> that's amazing. The tone that just changed when you started talking about your daughter is like a testament to who you are as a human being. So, yeah, she was, uh, she was a surprise. It, it definitely changed my life. Um, at first it, I was super worried about it being, you know, like not, not for the worst, but just like challenging, like thinking about all the, the restrictions having a kid was going to have on me. Um, but like, those are, those are real in terms of like time and finances and stuff like that. But it's like the, it's pretty cool how it changes the way you look at the world. Like I, yeah, I'm going to start sounding cheesy again here, but it's all right. It's like, I don't know, before I was super pessimistic and like, I don't know, my, my relationship with skiing was like, basically skiing is an escape to the reality that is this world. Like there's so many problems and you can't escape them in there. Like, I don't know. It, yeah. So, but having a kid, it like made me realize that, that that's the relationship that I had with skiing, that it was just an escape and that that needed to change. Like, I feel like there's a lot more that I could be doing in terms of, I don't know, not like changing the world. Cause that's too big of a burden, but just like living in a way that is more conducive to, I don't know, like spreading happiness and love i guess it's just like and doing doing what you love is a big part of that like you gotta you can't just give up on your your dreams and your passions and stuff like that just because you have an increase in responsibility it's like one i don't know i was talking about that with a friend it was like getting to the point where i was like fuck like i've put so much money and time and energy into skiing like is that going to change like do i have to redirect all those resources to 
building a future for my kid. And they're like, no, like, do not do that. You'll hate yourself. You're going to resent your kid for making you do that. And your kid's not going to have like a happy father to look up to. And I was like, God damn, like, you're right. I got to do what I love just in like a different way that's more sustainable and like has more meaning in a way. And like, I've, I talked about this with someone recently too, is like the, the thing that I'm most proud of is definitely the, the cam camps business is like offering kids the opportunity to be filmed and, and to learn how to film each other and like make these little crews that are efficient at getting edits out and stuff like that it's like it was super powerful i'll like at the end of the day i'll be at home like after having done a camp i'll be at home going through the footage and putting stuff together and it doesn't happen really until i lay the track on just lucy like i'll get all the clips that i like and just put them in a line and then lay a track on it just to see how it looks kind of thing and i start watching it and like i swear to god not that i believe in god but i swear but every time I've done that, like it, I start crying, like not like bawling, but I'm just like, fuck, like this is it. Like this is so meaningful. Like I, I don't know. It, yeah, there's power and passion and that's what yeah. it is. And I don't think, you know, I, Penelope shouldn't be the reason you quit your passion. It should be the reason you pursue your passion because that's what she wants for you. And you know, in a couple of years when she can watch this film that you, the unnamed film that you guys put out and she'll respect that and she'll love it. And she'll be, you know, she'll know that deep down that you're, that she's somehow the driving force for all of this. And then whether it be this year, or next year, or in two years, you're going to have her on skis and on snow. And it's like, you get to restart and now it's her passion, hopefully. And that's just, that's just life. And that's the coolest thing about life is like, one, there's surprises. You don't always know where they're going to be, but then it's what you do with those surprises. And like, arguably it's, I'll say it for you that she's the best thing that's ever happened to you. And like, I'm sure when you found out it was like, holy cow, I'm a, you know, but that's life and that's the beauty of life. And all we can do is create a life within our little bubble and our friend circle that like we're proud of because maybe we won't change the world and that's we're coming full circle from what we started with, but maybe we won't change the world, but maybe we can change that one kid's life or change your daughter's life or, you know, that your cam camps, like if one of those students takes something away, then you won and you did your part. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You just gave me a few uh, names or ideas for a name for the film. I'm not going to say them. But Don't yeah. say them. Write them down. Don't lose them. Write them down. <laughs> um, I won't keep you too much longer. Tristan, where can everyone follow you? Where can we get updates on the film? If there's somewhere that you're driving people towards or if it's just through you, uh, anyone you want to thank? Um, in terms of social media accounts, I'm definitely most active on Instagram and my handle is at Tristan MP. Um, so my, yeah, my full name is Tristan Martin Pernay. So it's at Tristan M as in mustache P as in Peter. Uh, what was the rest of the question? Sorry. Um, where, 
how will we know about your film? Like as it starts, as you start filming and rolling out teasers and a launch, or will it all be through your Instagram or do you have like a separate Instagram for whatever? Yeah, no, it'll, it'll just be through that mostly. Um, I'll definitely throw some stuff up on new schoolers for sure. Um, but no, the other part of that question was, was people to thank. So yeah, long list, but shout out to, to Matt Henry, Tim Hardy and Henrik Lampert. Sorry if I got your name wrong, uh, at faction. They've been super supportive a lot, like pretty much since day one, they, they were like immediately responsive when I sent them an email, whatever it was like six or seven years ago and hooked me up a pair of skis and have been helpful ever since. Um, shout out to Mark Holt at Sacred Ride in Nelson, BC. He's the co-owner of the uh, ski and bike shop in town. He's been really helpful and um i i haven't heard from him in a, heard from him in a while but tan the snowman at panda poles he would always like comment and repost my stuff he was like he he would always throw out videos where he was like super honest and i don't know i miss that guy i haven't seen anything from him in a long time um but yeah shout out to panda poles they're they're sick I think that's, I don't know. There's definitely more, but <laughs> I'll keep it short. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, that was great, dude. Right on. Thank you, man. It's nice meeting you. You as well. So that was the episode with Tristan Martin Prenay. Prenay, not Prenny. I don't know what I was thinking in the intro. Uh, he did want to give a shout out to Dave Heath. That's his longtime homie, so I wanted to just... He said he forgot to give him a shout-out, so I wanted to give him a shout-out, Dave Heath. Uh, I loved that episode. I think we were both in a sadder place when we started recording. I don't want to speak for him, but it was kind of doom and gloom, and then we kind of realized, like, oh, we want to make this world better and cooler for, you know, for our children and for our families and for everything else, so... It was a really fun episode. It was fun kind of talking about filming, about being a skier. And I'm super stoked on the project they have coming up. So I'm sure when we get that, we will be, you know, that won't be a year from now. We'll be talking about it again. So maybe we'll have Tristan on again. Uh, again, thank you for listening. Leave a five-star review. Check out coloradoskioutlet.com. Use code THEPURSUIT for 10% off. And I think that's it. I am your host at Mr. Adam X. Please get me to 6,000. It's pathetic that I've been stuck here for so long. And I'll see you tomorrow.